Are you curious about bodies, pleasure, and possibilities? And what about curious about what others are up to on the planet when it comes to pleasure, sex, and play? Have you considered what pleasure can do for your life, your body, and your bank account? Do you know something magical, delightful, and out of this world orgasmic is not only possible for you, but totally available to you? If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship, and sex alchemist, Milica Yelenich. Welcome to The Pleasure Zone, sweet pleasure seekers. It's going to be a delightful day today when we're going to be talking about prostitution. And I know that some of you have heard, oh yeah, I know, prostitution, it's the oldest profession in the world. Well, there's a few myths to debunk on that, and there's a few myths to debunk about prostitution itself, and the difference between prostitution and being prostituted, and the difference between prostitution and escorts, and the difference between prostitution and what I do, because I often have people think that what I actually do as a sex and intimacy coach means that I'm going to have sex with them, which is interesting, but not true. Uh, I suppose it could be true if I was paid enough money, I could prostitute myself. Um, really, it is, uh, it depends. And my, uh, my husband would say that it's up to me, but I'm pretty sure he would say that I would have to get a hell of a lot of money for that. So anyhow, that's just some interesting things to bring up. So what are, you know, what is it that has me want to be on this show for the last almost six years talking about sex and bodies? Well, it's my crazy, crazy intrigue and interest in all things pleasure related. And the way that we have pleasure on this planet is through our bodies. So it's kind of fun to look at all the different ways that's possible. In my regular daily life, I offer sex and intimacy coaching. I also offer things to do with your health, physical health as well. So kind of like a health coach, as, as uh, along with being a sex and intimacy coach. So I work with people on many different levels for their body, their health, and to receive more pleasure in their life in general. Because that's really, to me, what being alive is about. If we're not having pleasure, what's the point of it? That's what I... That's what it comes down to to me. It's like, if you're not having pleasure, what? What can we change? But some people also like misery, and I'm okay with that, too. I support you in all of your choices and whatever you're choosing. So today's topic actually came about because I have had some uh, interesting articles sort of show up on my, I guess on my um, feeds that were intriguing to me, and quite a few of them have to do with human trafficking. And uh, I believe that there is actually, there are different times of the year where uh, in different countries there is more awareness dedicated to human trafficking each month. And I believe in Canada right now we are in human trafficking month. I have to double check that. But I did have a guest a few weeks ago talking about that. So I am here to kind of talk about 
different sides of that story. Not that I've experienced any of the sides of the story, so this is all theoretical. Uh, this is all not even from my personal experience in this lifetime, but from observation. So by all means, um, if this is something that has ever uh, occurred to you in your life, or you have ever been a prostitute, or if you've ever been trafficked, or you've been an escort, please do not take offense to what I'm saying. I'm only going by my, by, by what I've read. Um, so I would love to hear from you, though, if you do have experience in this realm of the world and you would like to voice up about what went on for you or what is going on for you and you would like to be heard, I would love to have you on as a guest. So if you do have a prostitute, if you do know a prostitute or you've been a prostitute, please, um, and you would like to talk about it, please let me know and I would be so grateful to have that conversation with you. A few years ago, I actually had a male prostitute on the show, a uh, former male prostitute, and that um, episode is no longer available. It involved a lot of swearing, so it got pulled. <laughs> if you got to listen to it while it was available, it was quite entertaining. And maybe in the future, I'll have some other people who are in the sex work trade on the show as well. There are so many different ways that the sex trade shows up and I know that there is a big difference between being a prostitute by choice and being prostituted. So let's talk about some of those things actually. And the whole the whole um thing around being a prostitute and thinking that there's choice in this. So that is actually the definition, uh, the, the different definition between prostitution and like human trafficking or being prostituted is that prostitutes have choice and being prostituted is actually like a human trafficking where there's a third party involved. So my question is, and I and I saw this actually in a video that came across my feed uh, in social media the other day. One of the questions that I, I brought up for me was the question of what occurs when a person is actually feeling trapped in their mind. So they may be working as a prostitute in a location where the doors are open, they're free to go if they like, but it's actually in their mind that they're completely trapped. They're trapped by the system. They may feel like they don't have any other skills that they can offer. They There may be uh, something that's so deeply ingrained in their brain that and in their heart or their emotions that they don't feel like they can get out of that. So in that sense, it's kind of like being a slave to your own mind, your own situation, and your own emotion. And in that sense, I don't really know how you can distinguish between that kind of feeling trapped and the kind of feeling trapped where your doors are locked and you're forced into these acts. Um, for those of you who actually would like to contribute to different uh, things that may sort of start, start to get more word out about human trafficking or would like to even be involved in 
getting money to people who are have organizations for rehabilitation for people in human trafficking. There is a fabulous organization, and I recently bought a book from them. There, if you look up hashtag not for sale, you will find information about this organization, and you'll find ways that you can actually donate to them, which is what I did. And then I also received the book that they made, which had stories of people who had been trafficked in their life, whether they were children or even teenagers and some adults. And some of them were people who had been trafficked for sex by their own parents their entire lives. It's astonishing, it's frightening, it's alarming, and I think it's also something that we all need to have more awareness of so that this stupid bullshit can stop. There are very few things in the world that I have an opinion on where I get like really angry and want to kill people, and human trafficking is one of those ones that just makes me enraged that I want to actually harm people. So I will totally invest any money that I have available um, to assist in stopping human trafficking. And if that's um, something that you are interested in doing, please do so. By the way, today is my birthday, March 2nd. So if you want to do a gift for me that would actually make uh, like a bigger difference than a card or a happy birthday, please go invest in these kind of organizations so this kind of shit can stop. So, so now that we kind of are more clear on the difference, we will talk a little bit about um, what, you know, what actually has a person end up in prostitution that is so-called her choice, or what has a person end up in human trafficking um, at all. And through the book from the not, hashtag not for, uh, not for sale people, um, it is, it was really intriguing that there is, you know, there there are so many people who have been abducted right in front of crowds. So the whole organization of hashtag not for sale with human trafficking, people who are helping other people get out of human trafficking and putting the human traffickers behind bars. Um, too bad they couldn't do more to them, but that's what they can do right now. Is that um, in that book, you may be horrified and mortified to learn that it actually started because a young boy, I think he was about seven or eight, I I might not have his age correct, but he was attending mass at his local church where his father was actually the minister, uh, the preacher. His mother was in the congregation, and he was, the little boy was standing on the pulpit with his father, and the father said, oh, go, go sit with your mom. I'm going to finish this up. And he scurried his little boy off to go sit with his mom. And somewhere between the pulpit and the mother, the boy was abducted. And that was, I think, in 2008 or 2009 in Haiti. And that boy has never been found to this day. And so this particular person who started the hashtag not for sale um, community and organization uh, had actually gone to Haiti and met this man and heard his story and the grace and kindness in this man's heart who had had his child abducted and basically uh, sold in human trafficking. And they could track some of the trafficking down to some of the places in Haiti where the um, 
where the children were being basically taken from everywhere and anywhere and off the streets and being put into fake orphanages and were later being sold to different uh, human traffickers, whether it was to put them into slave labor or into sex, uh, to the sex trade. Just insane. Just insane. And it just enrages me so much that, like, it brings tears to my eyes. I just, it makes me so mad. So my question is, what is possible to change this? What is possible to have this kind of insanity change on the planet? I think the more of us who are aware of it, the more of us who are willing to contribute to changing this, the more of this that gets exposed, the more it will change. So I invite all of you to go and learn investigate and invest in stopping this kind of crap. So that level of human trafficking where people are being abducted, being sold, this is happening all the time in every country. It's happening even in yours. You know what? I live in Canada. It happens in Canada. And this is supposed to be a first world mission. It happens everywhere. You cannot escape it, but right now, and I'm hoping in future we can, I'm hoping in future it doesn't exist. However, when you look back historically, and here we are, um, you know, just getting out of the month of February of the months where we, uh, you know, it's Black History Month and we're looking at slaves, uh, you know, slave trade and all the history that was all about human trafficking on not just about slave labor, but also the atrocities that were committed towards slaves, sexual atrocities. Just insane things, like honestly, if you really read the history, it will make you vomit. There are things that you will never read in a history book that you can find information on on the internet um, that hopefully spark something in you to get you mad enough to want to create a change or create enough space on the planet for us to change it completely. I don't really know what's required right now, but I do know part of it is awareness. So that's partly what I am targeting to offer here today. So from the point of view of human trafficking not being a choice, absolutely not a choice, something where people have been lured in, been stuck, been kidnapped, there are, you know, as much as they would probably try and get away, they might not be able to get away. What can we do to offer these people choice? I am such a huge proponent of choice that when I see that somebody doesn't think they have a choice, I'd love to be able to show them that there is an option, or even that if they've gotten out of that so they can be rehabilitated, to be able to feel like they're worthy people that have skills, that they can do something in the world where they feel happy. And uh, one particular woman who was being human uh, being trafficked by her mother, is now, she is, I believe, a lawyer, and she works against human trafficking. So I love those kinds of stories of where somebody turns their life around and starts to create even greater change. So this is part of the conversation today, but I am going to be talking about prostitution in general. What does the word actually mean? Where did it come from? You know, a bunch of different judgments around it when maybe women are choosing it as a trade or as a profession. And, yeah, we're going to have a look at that. But first, we're going to head off to our first commercial break. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Aspire Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. 
Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Milica Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today from the U.S., call 815-880-TALK. That's 815-880-8255. From Canada, dial 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Or send your questions or comments via email to info at MilicaJelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Hello, sweet pleasure seekers. Welcome back to The Pleasure Zone. Today we're talking about prostitution, the so-called oldest profession in the world. Although a lot of feminists actually refer to it as the oldest depression in the world. It's hard to say. Uh, I don't know. I think that there are situations where sometimes it is choice. So I'd like to look at both sides of that possibility. The actual oldest profession in the world that saying uh, with regards to prostitution came from Richard Kipling, and that wasn't until, I think, the 1940s. So he actually coined that phrase either in one of his books or in an interview. I'm not totally sure. Um, that's just off the top of my head. But what I do know is that it's not always been considered that. So when you really look at some of the oldest professions in the world, they were regarding survival needs, which isn't always pleasure needs. So they were more like farming, building, um, and, and probably clothes related. So when you, uh, you know, we, we kind of joke that it's the oldest profession, but it really probably isn't. So what, and what if it isn't the oldest oppression either? So what if there's been like this misunderstanding of prostitution for, oh, I don't know, ever, forever? So one of the things that I was thinking about is like how much we judge prostitution. When I was a kid, I would drive down the street with my dad in Toronto. He lived near, well, he still does. He lives in this area of the city where 
pretty much anywhere you want to go in any direction, you're going to run into prostitutes. Uh, and as a kid, he lived in an area where the prostitution was pretty high. Uh, within about two kilometers of his house, there was a lot of prostitutes that would walk the streets at night. And uh, now it's not so much. Now it's become a kind of a swank, hip kind of a place to be. And the area is changing, but you know, prostitution still exists, whether we see the women on the streets or not. And in the 1980s, as a kid, I remember driving down the street, and my dad, uh, being pretty racist, anytime he would see a white woman with a black man, and if the white woman had high heels on, my dad automatically coined her a prostitute. And my curiosity was like, what is a prostitute? And I and it took me a while. I didn't want to ask at first, like, what is a prostitute? Like, why why does she get this like name prostitute? And why does my dad have such like loathing behind it? And now you know I think about it, I'm like, maybe some prostitutes rejected him. I have no idea. I will probably never ask him that question. Maybe on his deathbed I will. We'll see. <laughs> but um I think that you know, anger towards women in general and anger towards women who would offer um, sex for money would make men who don't have money feel pretty crappy about that. They'd probably go, well, I have to pay for that, blah, 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 and get all crusty and crap about it, where they couldn't actually go, wow, you know, I'm willing to go to a restaurant and pay a woman chef to cook me food because I like that service. And I could get that service at home from my wife for free because I don't pay my wife for that. And I also don't pay my wife for sex. And I don't pay my wife for a lot of her services that I would have to go elsewhere for, outsourcing. You know, it's funny, right? To me, it's so freaking weird that people make it so wrong to pay somebody for sex. But every other skill on the planet, it's okay to pay for it, whether it's building or cooking or cleaning. I pay somebody to clean for me because I don't enjoy it. And I am so grateful for the fact that I can do that. It's such a luxury and such a gift. And if I had, you know, the kind of money where I felt like I was, you know, if, if I had no lovers and I felt like I had, like, tons of money where I could just go and pay for lovers, yeah, I would. If it's, if it's something that's lacking in your life and you can pay for the service, why not pay for the service? That's just how I feel about prostitution. I've actually talked to some friends of mine who have uh, utilized prostitutes as a source for pleasure in their life, and I've had some very interesting conversations. So one of the things that um, the one fellow was saying was that he actually prefers to have sex with prostitutes in a way that he doesn't feel like he owes them anything. So it was interesting. He actually, I actually dived in on this on him. Uh, I involuntarily, with uh, sort of out his permission, I started asking him questions that made him go a little loopy and realize some things about himself. But, hey, somebody starts a conversation with me, the chances are they're going to get some questions that spank them in the head and make them think. And so... What he did realize was that, in truth, he actually really wants to be able to be in total control with sex, and he can do that with a prostitute.
attitude because he's paying her and he's not paying to please her. He's paying to be pleased. So, you know, I was like, hey, cool. You're now you're aware of that. And that's just now you're aware. And um, I'm hoping that the women that he pays for sex are also um, feeling like okay about their choices as well. And from the sounds of it, these are not like women who are cheap. He's paying some good money for his services. So I think that ultimately, if you're honoring the person and you're paying them what they're asking for, and they're not resenting it or feeling crappy about it, then I think there's a fairly fair exchange going on. Now, the funny thing is, is as soon as you involve a third party, it's considered human trafficking, right? So when you look at different services like pimps, that would be somebody who's human trafficking. So if a woman is solo and she is just doing her business on her own, that is actually considered not human trafficking. However, if you were a woman who owned a brothel and you hired women to be your prostitutes and they had obligations, to their work, that borders on the edge of human trafficking. If they didn't feel they could leave and if they felt they were stuck or if they would be harmed if they left or their life would be threatened, then that borders on human trafficking. So it gets really weird. Now, if you owned your own house and had sex out of your own house and you charged people for it, that's your choice, your home, your environment, and that is not human trafficking. That's you and yourself. So it gets kind of complex, doesn't it? So there has been a kind of a worldwide crackdown on human trafficking and trying to find the people who are the traffickers. So these are not just men, by the way. There are a lot of women involved in human trafficking. A lot of times these are the women who will friend younger women maybe women on the street, luring them in, becoming friends with them, and then bringing them to the job uh, or bringing them to the pimp or whoever they're going to introduce them to that will start their career off, so-called career. Now, I don't think that you can call uh, somebody that is in the human trafficking trade what they're actually doing a career because if you look at slave trade, you can't really call slaves uh, that, you can't call slavery a career. It's just not. However, you know, some people might. You might have developed skills while being incarcerated. In a way, it's being incarcerated. Uh, You're being stuck in this role and kind of imprisoned. However, it just looks different. So, you might develop some skills, just like with human trafficking, with sex trade, you might develop some skills that you might not have had. If, you're, if you were young and you got involved and somehow you ended up being trafficked, you might have developed skills. Whether you like them or not, you might have them. Just like with slavery, you might have developed skills. Whether you like them or not, you now have them. It's not necessarily a career, I would say, until you actually choose to go out and empower yourself by choosing that consciously and also looking at all of the past 
Um, I'm trying to give language that is going to make sense. Um, I've been thinking of them as tracks lately because I'm taking a course where there's a lot of reference to different emotional things being called tracks. So we want to to look to be able to look at everything that's going on in your life and come from a place of empowerment and choice. Then if you are approaching prostitution from a place of empowerment and choice, I high-five you all the way and I not only do I have five of you, I beg you and I would promote you because I I feel it's such an amazing service that when you can come from it from a conscious place, from a kind place, from a no point of view place, you can offer a service that can actually change people's lives. Now, if you're coming from it from a position where you are disempowered, where the person is creating force on you and it's repeating patterns of, of it's like, insane things going on for them where they are brutalizing people repeatedly. This is not helping anybody. This is keeping everybody stuck. So how can we approach this in a totally different way? And what if some of those things that are going on in terms of like, you know, in prostitution, whether it's oral sex, or anal sex, or copulation, and those become skills that a person's developed, what if they can actually use that to empower others? I would think that that would make for a pretty amazing sex educator. Also, it would make for a pretty amazing person who could go out and be a public speaker to talk about that kind of life and how to avoid it and what some of the traps are and what are some of the things to look for. Personally, I would want somebody who has had that kind of lifestyle, who is now empowered, who is now out of that lifestyle, I would want somebody like that to speak in schools to kids under the age of, you know, like the age of 10 and up, to be able to allow people to see and know and have more information so that they can, you know, have some tools under their belt to be able to know what to do or what to say if they're approached by somebody especially these days when there's so many people being lured through internet uh, profiles and they're being tricked into different situations and there's young girls and young boys all the time being coerced and tricked. I want education, guys. Like, can we get more education in schools? Because we, I know in my daughter's school, we have to date not had anybody come and talk about any of these things, not about... Uh, molestation, not about human trafficking, not about what to look for, not about anything to do with internet activity, like safety on the internet. That to me is insane. This stuff is out there and it's so prolific. This stuff needs to be addressed and we need to get educators to invite people in to talk about this stuff. It's everywhere and it needs to change. We need awareness. So if you are one of those people who can speak about this, from experience and share your information and knowledge, please go to the school boards and tell them because the more they know you exist, the more they can offer it to their teachers so their teachers can invite you in. All right, well, I'm just getting political here. So we're going to head to our second commercial break. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? 
Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone Radio Show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzayelenich.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today from the U.S., call 815-880-TALK. That's 815-880-8255. From Canada, dial 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Or send your questions or comments via email to info at MilicaJelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Hello, 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 sweet pleasure seekers. Welcome back to the Pleasure Zone. Today, we're having a kind of intense conversation. I think it's a well, uh, it's a well-timed conversation. It's a well-needed conversation. I say it's well-timed because I'm celebrating my birthday with a topic that I feel I have a lot of a lot of passion for it, for a lack of a better word. For those of you who know me, know I can't stand the word passion, but it 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 both excites me and angers me. So I think that qualifies as passion uh, to talk about uh, both prostitution, human trafficking, and the difference, and to get clear and to be able to direct any of you to go out and to invest in some of these places who are seeking to abolish human trafficking and you can do that by going on to different sites like the hashtag not for sale people as well there are so many other organizations out there you can google search you know looking at different organizations who are looking into and stopping human trafficking so on the note of women who are choosing this and why I say women is because the original meaning, yes, we're going to get to that right now, doesn't actually involve men at all. I'm about to sneeze. Whoa. Sorry. Here it goes. Okay. I kind of stopped it. Yay. I'm such a professional. So, the word prostitute is actually a verb, by the way, which is interesting because we often refer to prostitutes uh, as if it's a noun. Like, that's your title, that's your name, you're a prostitute. But it's a verb, it's an action. So, as an action, prostitute actually means to stand, to, so pro, meaning before, and 
statuere, meaning cause to stand or establish. So to be firm. And so for this, somehow that word turned into sex for hire. I don't even know how it happened or when it happened, but somewhere after the 1500s, it was around the 1600s actually, that this word prostitute became the word for women who sell their bodies. It wasn't until the late 1800s. So prostitute as a, sorry, that's prostitute as a verb. Prostitute as a noun, there is actually prostitute as a noun, but that didn't come until the 1600s. And so prostitute as a noun, as a person, um, is actually a harlot woman who offers her body indiscriminately. Not always for money, but in in um, brackets, usually for money. So she might not even be getting cash for this. So this could be just a woman who enjoys having sex. And let's make her really, really wrong for that, because that's what we've done historically, is make women really, really wrong for enjoying sex, for having bodies, for utilizing them to create life, to sustain life. You know, it's interesting. There's there's an article from New Zealand about prostitution, saying that prostitution in 2003 became legal as a as a career so that if somebody was coming in to as an immigrant to the country that you could mark your skills as sex for hire or prostitution as one of your skills and it was also low on the list of required or skills that they were seeking in New Zealand so they filled those those roles already they weren't looking for a lot of prostitutes however it is an option and it is legal one of the people that remarked in that article actually said that they felt that that it wasn't a kind thing or it wasn't correct in saying that a woman's body or her womb is a place to rent or for hire. And I think that's interesting because I read that and I was like, well, how many times do we actually use our womb for hire? There are women who are surrogates, not just, you know, surrogates to be parents, right? So how is it any different to be a surrogate to hold somebody's child than it would be to be a surrogate to hold somebody's love member? You know, if you're holding somebody's penis or holding somebody's child, I don't know. One you're holding for like 40 weeks and the other one could only be for like, you know, 10 minutes on a happy-go-lucky prostitution day. I don't think prostitutes get men who last very long. That's just my interesting point of view but I don't know. So anyway, that's just my thing. So um, it's interesting to me that there was this thing saying like, well, women should not be feeling like they should hire out their womb. It's not a job. It's You can't say that the inside of a woman's body is a workplace. Well, the inside of a woman's body has been a workplace forever. We are inside of our body has actually been working on growing babies. And then after that, the inside of our body produces life-giving fluids to be able to nourish that baby along with a whole bunch of other things. But when we bring it down fundamentally, our bodies have been for hire forever. Whether you're getting paid for the use of your womb or not, your womb has been utilized for all kinds of things. Housing people, and your breasts have been used to nourish people. So really, really, whoever that was, I'm not going to name them, that 
is probably not accurate. So what if we could value our vaginas? What if we could value our vulvas? And and I'm all for men valuing their members as well. And I'm all for people who, if you don't identify as a bi- as one of those binary genders and you have another gender that you identify as, I'm all for you valuing your gender identity, whatever that is. I'm all for you also valuing your sex organs, whatever they look like, whatever they smell like, whatever size they are, all of it. Value them. And how do you value them? Well, right now on this planet, the way we value things is with cash. That's how we value stuff. So ultimately, if we if somebody is having sex with you for free, I'm thinking that's devaluing. I prefer that I would like to think that I get things in exchange for sex. For example, after the first few months of dating my now husband, he bought me a car. And then after that, he invested in something else. And then every randomly, I get these amazing things from my partner that are, I like to think, and I joke with them, but I'm like, thank you. Is this an exchange for the sex I gave you? And sometimes he'll laugh and go, yeah, that's exactly what it's for. Like the car, for example, he was like, yeah, that's exactly what it's for. It's an exchange for the sex you've been giving me. I was like, awesome, here we go. And I paid him for sex once too, which was a hoot and a half. And every once in a while, he he laughs about it and he's like, well, do you have some money to pay me? And then, so every once in a while, we just slap cash back and forth. Mind you, we share accounts, so it's kind of uh, fun. We do have our own separate accounts, but we have a shared account. So it is kind of funny if we take money out of the shared account and then pay each other for sex, which I think is fun. And honestly, if you are in a partnership where things are getting kind of boring and you want to spice it up, maybe pay your partner for sex. It could be fun. Just ask, like, how much money would you like to give me to give me oral sex tonight? Or how much money would you like to give me to have sex with me? Or how much money can I pay you to have sex with you? And it can be delightful. It's actually a lot of fun. And it can add a little spice to things. So I invite you to play with that and just to, in order to get less point of view on it, in order to stop going, oh, that's so wrong. I can hear so many heads out there going, oh my God, that's so wrong. That's so bad. That's so blah, Really? You pay people for every other freaking skill. So why not that? So I think what, what one of the most fun things you could possibly do is enjoy each other in whatever way you can. Now, if you are inviting a prostitute into your life and you're paying for her services, as much as you're paying for her services, how much more fun could it be that you also enjoy the services? Just because you're paying for it and you're like, yeah, let's get this done. Wham, ma'am, thank you, ma'am. Slap it up, slap it in, have it all done with. I think there could be a level of kindness, for sure. And I've I've been offered many, I can't even tell you, I don't even count anymore. I lost count a while ago how many times I've been offered uh, money for sex. And when I actually tell people what I would charge them for that, they back away. And they're like, you can't be serious. I'm like, well, that's what my husband pays me. And they're like, what? Your husband pays you? I'm like, yep, that's the kind of relationship we have. And honestly, in a lot of ways, he does. So um, not that you always have to have cash in hand. Like I recently got beautiful new 
additional cupboards in my kitchen, which I like to think were in exchange for sex. And this is what I said to him. I'm like, thanks, honey. Were those for sex? He said yes. He likes to humor me. (laughs) And I like to be humored. So it's cool. And so if you can be willing to receive money for your genitals or if you're willing to give people money for theirs, it can be much more fun. Just like you'd be paying somebody for, like normally I would pay my, if if my husband wasn't in my life and I wanted to have these cupboards installed, I would have to pay somebody else in construction to do that. Luckily, he's in construction, so I'm good. But there are other things, and we hire people to come and do them. We hire people to come and do things um, like chop down some trees for us or whatever, do some landscaping that we can't do because we don't have the machinery. So why are we okay with paying people for that, but we're not okay with paying people for sex? What is it about sex that we all think is so freaking wrong that we would never pay for it? Like, what is that? And why we made it so freaking naughty? I want you to think about that as we head to our last commercial break. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back with the topic of prostitution after this break. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Milica Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly, other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Milica Jelenic is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.MalitzaYelenich.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today from the U.S., call 815-880-TALK. That's 815-880-8255. From Canada, dial 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Or send your questions or comments via email to info at MilicaYelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, sweet pleasure seekers. Today you've been listening to this, or maybe you're just joining me, but if you, if you have been listening, listening to this episode on prostitution, where we started off with a very dark and devious kind of edge of prostitution with human trafficking, going into the more playful 
what if you could just choose it for fun in your relationships and slap each other some cash? Just leave some cash on the pillow for your partner and see what entices them to do for you. Here's a couple hundred dollars. What would you like to do for me for that? I think it's fun. It actually brings a giant smile to my face, and I think it's delightful. So where are we making it so, so wrong and serious? And I'd like to change that. I'd like to look at where where in our lives have we been told, whether it's been religious, sociological, through parents, through anywhere, where is it that you've been told that sex for money is wrong? And I'd like you to evaluate that and figure out where you got planted with this. I bet when you were a baby and you were like three days old, I bet you didn't really give a shit if somebody was getting paid for sex. So somewhere along the way, somebody told you it was so, so wrong and so bad. And I bet, just like when I was a kid, driving down the street with my dad, who was pointing out every white woman with every black man in his very racist manner, telling me they were prostitutes, that I thought that there was some, there was something behind that energy that he was saying, he was judging the crap out of it, that I was like, oh, whoa, what is that? That we start to develop these points of view. Ironically, what my dad's point of view did was made me find out that prostitutes, eventually I learned this, that prostitutes are women who get paid for sex. And I thought they were freaking geniuses. I was like, what? They get paid for that? I think from a very... I, I remember thinking that when I was like 11 or 12, thinking that these women who get paid for sex are geniuses. Like, I didn't really envy their position of having to stand on the street at night where it was cold, but I thought in a different environment, under different circumstances, like, and you just get paid for this thing that other people do for free, <laughs> I think they're smart. And there's also like a defining line too, like there are rub and tugs, right, where that is still considered a level of prostitution as well. So, you know, if you're going somewhere for a massage with a happy ending, that is considered, uh, by definition, by legal definition, you are offering sex acts for money. So if, you know, if you have your own establishment and you're doing that, then you are a prostitute and you're not being human trafficked. Just, you got to check, is this something that you're doing and is this your choice and do you enjoy it? Um, and is it fun for you? But if, if you're coming to a place where it's like you feel obligated or there's this uh, force going on or you feel like you're trapped, then you need to look at that and check out what's going on there. So I know this has been a strange and interesting roller coaster of a conversation as we've been looking at from the human trafficking edge all the way to the, it could possibly be enjoyable edge. But what I know is that we actually have the capacity to change this energy on the planet from where we were, people would choose to harm each other and traffic each other to where we could honor each other and pay each other for our skills, whatever those skills happen to be. And I really would also like you to look at and realize that when you're looking at a prostitute, instead of judging the crap out of her for her lifestyle or her career choice to stop being an asshole, stop judging her, and look at her as a human being who is offering a skill. And one day, one day you might need that skill. So, you know, maybe don't judge the crap out of her because one day you might be seeking those skills out 
is you've become to a place where you require them. Maybe you're not interested in relationships or they're not working for you and you need a method. So guess what? I think that if you don't judge them now, you're not judging anybody for anything, including prostitutes. I know. If you didn't judge anybody, including prostitutes, what would the world be like? And what if we didn't even, as much as it's hard for me to even conceptualize this, but what if we didn't even judge the human traffickers? Would they even be able to maintain their jobs? If there was no energy coming at them, would all of that whole system fall apart? I don't really know. And it's even weird for me to say because I have so much energy behind it that uh, the whole whole concept of human trafficking makes me so angry. Um, so, so that's something I get to look at. So just know if something is coming up in your world and you are feeling angry, doesn't mean that that it's wrong. But evaluate it. See what's going on for you. Uh, what's behind that anger? Is there anything that's motivating you to create change? If so, what change can you create? What can you choose? What can you be? What energy and what space and what consciousness can you be for some of this stuff to change on the planet? I'm looking forward to days where we don't judge anybody for any of the work they do, whether it's somebody who's scraping gum off of a, you know, chairs in a restaurant to a neurosurgeon. Like, what if we didn't judge anybody for their jobs at all? And what if some of the jobs that we now see that are harmful, like the trafficker jobs, what if they didn't even exist? I think that they could actually be eliminated, just like other jobs in the past have been eliminated by, you know, robotics coming in and taking over. I don't see why kindness can't be like a robot and take over and then something else changes. And now I'm going on this mega tangent, but there there is an energy of the ability to change because society is changing, awareness is becoming more and more uh, profound, and people are making different choices than they were even five or ten years ago. So I know that change is possible, and I know that we can be kinder to each other, and I know we can value each other. And so let's start. Let's start with even just the people you know, valuing them and enjoying them and enjoying their company and, and being willing to experimentally for fun pay for their presence and their time. So until next week, just be an investigator and maybe invest in some of those those places that are changing this on the planet and stay tuned in and turned on. Thank you for listening to The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.